You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. This is uh, our second episode of the week and uh, I am your uh, host today, uh, Evan. Uh, We're so happy to have you here with us. Uh, we're going to jump right into our MA off-season special episode. Man, I don't know about you, but with how condensed this off-season has to be because the league is starting December 22nd, it has been a non-stop, no-sleep effort. This has been intense. This is about as intense as anyone who's tried to get a PS5 uh, during this time frame. It is, it is, you know, there's so much going on and nothing seems to be going your way, but it is what it is. So our first thing we want to talk about is what was your takeaway from James Harden turning down $50 million from the Rockets? I would like to say this. He turned down a two-year extension for $100 million, $50 million a year. He said, I'm tired of these strippers of Houston. I've seen them all, been through it all. I need a new place to go. And he wants to go to Brooklyn. That's what I'm telling Yo. <laughs> Phil, being from Brooklyn, are the strippers any better there than Houston? <laughs> wow. Coming from Brooklyn, I didn't need to go to those places. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid of them. So <laughs> Kyrie must yeah. have told him something. You know, flat earth. Kyrie must have told him something. So we, we don't want we don't want Phil's wife coming and smack him on the head talking about strippers in, in Brooklyn. <laughs> keep him safe. Let's keep Phil safe. Wouldn't let that happen to me though, because I ain't turning out a hundred mil. Like, nah, not one bit. Like, I mean, I get that you want to win and everything, but at this point, it's probably gonna be like January or sometime before All Star break before he actually ends up traded somewhere. So listen, man, this is I'm struggling to wrap my head around this, y'all. Seriously, because it's like the real life implications it's the the fan look the outlook at it um and it's the player you know i can imagine james harden is is taking a hard stance and say listen i want to win a championship you know but it's hard for me as a as a fan just as a person to see somebody turn down that much money you know dude you never want anything you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, who is willing to pay you $100 million for two years for somebody that's not all, te- all first-team all-defense ever? You know what I'm saying? Somebody's just scored the ball and traditionally chokes in the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? Like, w- w- with that being said, man, it's just hard for me to fathom what gives you the right to turn out $100 million, dude. Like, and then it's like the whole uh, 2020, you know? You know, you got people out here struggling. And this cat out here like, listen, um, you know, I don't want this $100 million. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I'm cool. You can keep your $100 million. I'm like, dang, bro, like cats can't, don't have two nickels and dimes to rub together. And you turn down $100 million? Like, it, it's just, it's levels to this to this thing called life, man. But I'm just so shocked. I mean, I just think like James Harden, bro, your game is not built like that to turn down $100 million. And, and uh you know, but do, do you, bro? Do do you do? Do you? I, 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 here's my thing. 
Would I personally turn down $100 million? Probably not. But I respect it. No, I, I honestly, I respect it, right? Because let's look at the situation in Houston. If James Harden signs a $50 million contract, Russell Westbrook makes $40 million. The salary cap is $109 million. That means you have $9 million trapped in two players who are going to your championship. So it, it demonstrates, one, to me, this is an indictment upon the Rockets organization. Who's willing to put more than 50%? I mean, that's almost like 90%, almost 90% of your team's salary in two players that are not going to get you a championship, especially not together. The, the league is straight entertainment, bro. That's what you're just telling us right here. This is entertainment first. Yeah. I agree. It's not like the Cowboys effect. We're not going to win, but we're going to sell you a bag of goods. And for me, as a fan, right, as a fan, we hear this all the time. I wish players were trying to win. To me, James Harden is trying to make a winning move. I mean, you can – I mean, if he goes to Brooklyn, he has a much better chance of at least reaching the finals and winning a championship than he would if he signed $15 million in Houston. And so, I, you know, I say more power to him because, because let's think about this. Was it, what year was Medlar free agent? That's a good question. I'm not sure we, we he was a free agent to around 2017, 18 season. But before uh, that, he was a free agent. Yeah, yeah, that Brian Mello had yeah, an opportunity oh, to leave the Knicks. Oh, that was yeah, that was 2000, and we won 2013, so it was 2000. And he was never a free agent. He was traded to the Knicks. So you were talking about the, when he's supposed to. He was straight to, to the Knicks, but he had an opportunity to walk away. But, yeah. He, oh, was, he, that was he paid. That was the same year. Was that yeah. not the same that was the year? Boat, the banana boat. The year before the yeah. banana boat team. Yeah. yeah. But but I remember. And 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 I know the person who drove Melo around Chicago when he went to meet with the Bulls. Right. And so he went. You know, he didn't go into the media, obviously, but he went, dropped him off with it like that. If Mello was trying to win a championship, he would have left New York and gone to the Bulls. But Mello chose 20 more million dollars. was a winning move. I can respect that Harden wants to win a championship. <laughs> I can, now, I don't respect him for wanting to team up with a super team. But I respect the fact that he wants to win a championship. And so here's the thing. If he's traded, guess what? If that team offers him $50 million, he can sign a $50 million contract. Now, granted, if he goes to Brooklyn, that, that ain't happening. Because think about it. Uh, we're not being as hard on the great white hope. Um, <laughs> Gordon Hayward. For turning down $34 million because he didn't like a situation in Boston. And so my thing is, hey, make winning basketball decisions. Because think about it, endorsement-wise, he's probably making more than that already. So what's what's an extra what's an extra $20 million? You're really talking about an extra $20 million a year. The winning, okay. The the, the winning. So to just to kind of like switch gears on your point, right? I think I kind of disagree. Because I think if you want to win a championship, I honestly think it's more no notable and more noble to go to 
the Sixers, if I'm hard, and play with Ben and Embiid. Brooklyn, I can make an argument that you trying to hang with your friends. You know, um, so I, I don't I don't know Harden to be this guy that's just like, yo, team first. I just want to win a championship at all costs. I think he wants a comfortable work environment. I think he's, he's burnt out with Houston. He tried. They tried it so many ways. He couldn't do it. So now I want to create I want to create a comfortable work environment. Yeah, and I want to win, too. But as far as like the dynamics of a team, I don't see how he sees himself playing with prime Kyrie and saying that's my best opportunity, hurt Durant and prime Kyrie, and that's my best opportunity to win. I think he, I think it's, I think it'd be, like I said, I think it'd be better for him to try to do something with the Sixers because everybody has complimentary pieces. Got a passer in Ben Simmons. I'm the scorer. And Embiid is a big man. So if you really talk about about winning and and building something and not jumping on coattails, I think the Sixers is your move, James. So it's interesting. There are different ways to look at the situation. Uh, James is going to be James. Uh, Phil looked at the stripper aspect. <laughs> Kelvin looked at who turns down $50 million. Kelvin and Alvin and, and Alan looked down who turns down $50 million. And I look at it as, I see that as a, as a winning move. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, James Harden ain't with no championship. So let's just keep it moving. If you ain't going to win, <laughs> if you're not going to win, get paid. <laughs> yeah, reality. Yeah. Now I do have a friend in Houston who think who, who says the stripping scene is very good. So I don't know. I don't know. But change the subject. Change the subject. Change the subject. Change the subject, please. <laughs> uh, the biggest draft takeaway. So first, I want to know what do you guys, what pick do you guys like the most, and then what pick did you like best for your team? I like the Lamelo pick. Actually, the first three picks were perfect the way they went. So I like those three picks, especially for the Hornets. It seems like a luck is actually going their way. They didn't pick a, a, another uh, North Carolina. Or, well, they'd end up picking another Duke player, but that wasn't their first pick. It was kind of set up for them. And they got LaMelo, LaMelo ball. So I think that was – they had the, one of the best drafts for that instance. Overall, my team, topping, picking, topping, we needed a point guard. But I'm fine with him, blockbuster, you know, showstopper. Uh, we need somebody to, to bring heads to the garden. We know the end result is going to be a, a, a L, but at least, you know, we're watching with one day, one day, one day. That's a Knicks fan. That's what I'm saying, thinking. I ain't been in the lottery next year, so you have another opportunity. Maybe hey, we could there. get that. We, I heard the lottery Run next year is going to be hot. Listen, <laughs> as a Knicks fan, the season usually starts, what, November? By December, we're looking at um, – uh, next year lottery picks who's gonna be top 10 top 20 overseas we, 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 we're doing research so this year we start a little later we're starting july around july you know february okay so i want to say that james wiseman of course is like probably like the best situation out of the draft especially oh, what happened, oh, especially after what happens to clay so I think that that works perfectly. Granted, you don't have the shoot the same shooting, same shooting backcourt, but he's in a situation now to where it's like you still got Andrew Wiggins, you still got Draymond. Hey, look, I'm about to go one on one in the paint, and I can stretch the floor 
to the mid range. So I really look at that as like, especially for them to be great um, as they continue to move forward. Uh, for the Hornets, I'm, of course, I'm glad we got LaMelo. Um, but I do figure like, hopefully we can get someone who can take uh, Terry because I just don't see it working with Melo. You still got Monk. You still got Vontae Graham and Scary Terry. Like somebody's going to have to go and there's been trade talks about that. Um, I am glad that we did finally get a big man from Duke, um, especially that we need like the shot blocking and everything else. So I'm just interested to see where everything else moves forward. Yeah, man, I'm 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 definitely excited about uh, excited is a strong word. Let me take that back. Um, I like uh, I like what I agree with Island. I like what Golden State did. I do think uh, Wiseman fits with them not just this year, but the years moving forward when Clay hopefully gets back. Um, I think his I think his ceiling is pretty high, especially with that team around him. Um, now, as far as the Sixers, I didn't I wasn't so much concerned with the draft pick. Um, I, I love what we did as far as far as moving terrible contracts. We got Al Horford out of here. I thought that was almost impossible, but he did it kind of quickly. Um, we got. Josh Richardson out of here. Um, I thought that was good, but I, I'm most excited about Dwight Howard. And I'm most excited about Dwight Howard, us being able to get him in free agency because Dwight Howard, he has, even though he's a, he's a, he still plays around like a kid, he has a notable resume and the brother stays in shape. Now I'm thinking that's going to have to force my sloppy big man didn't learn yet you know how to how to how to how to develop a lifestyle of keeping his body together you know <laughs> i'm thinking dwight you know will, will bring that to him and make him practice every day dwight is going to make him earn his money because dwight is going to stay on top of him dwight has a resume dwight has made some money before so i think it's going to force him to step his game up so i think it's a good smart move by the, our organization Philly, stand up. So um, I, I do like the um, – I like the wise pick, like everyone that said. I just think that um, the Warriors' big weakness, I think, has always been their interior. So someone like Wiseman, <clears throat> depending on what kind of prospect he ultimately becomes as a player, could really have a positive impact and make them even more dangerous um, when it comes to a formidable, formidable foe. And he's gonna be cheap for the next four, you know, four years. So I like that. Uh, I really like the Maxi pick for the Sixers. Um, I think that Maxi has upside. I think that someone said something that I thought when I first thought about, it, I thought it was a little absurd. I thought it was a little bit absurd. But as I look more into what they're saying, I think they they could have an argument. I know Kelvin's gonna gonna disagree with me. Hard body here. Hard body. <laughs> Long do you know. But the the guy, he's one of those, you know, Sixers Twitter guys. He he um he has a podcast and you know he, I think he he does credible analysis. I don't think he's you know a professional, but he makes some credible analysis. Um 
he said that he thinks Maxi, if he can develop and really hone his three-point shooting, he could be another Bradley Bill. Now, I don't know if he's going to be at that level. I think that may be a stretch. But I looked at their profiles. They're both 6'3", both got similar wingspan. They both rookie years, average, average. they're both freshman years, average 14 points a game. Uh, they both were pretty good shooters. He, you know, Maxi struggled. He shot 29%. But, and then Maxi says something interesting that I think is a credible thing to say. Um, I, I remember Kelvin was high. Kevin was high on Jason Tatum coming out of high school. And then when Jason Tatum went to college, he said, I don't, I don't know, you know, he, he didn't impress me at Duke. But look, and then Jason Tatum came to the league and he did the whole thing, right? And so Maxi was a top five um, prospect uh, coming into this draft, uh, coming into college, out of college. But he said, you know, with, 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 John Calipari, I played in his system. I'm much better than I showed in college. Now, you know, let's see. I mean, people say stuff all the time. I'm going to make everyone who passed me uh, regret it. And they end up being out the league in two years, you know. So we'll have to see. But I'm interested to see him particularly coming off the bench and seeing how he can develop as a player. Do I expect him to be Bradley Bill? That might be a little bit absurd. But if he can be a guy who can create his own shot, which the Sixers have missed for a long time, especially coming off the bench and maybe at some point even become a starter, I think that that's very good for the Sixers. And I, I think one of the priorities has to be uh, for the Sixers, making sure Maxi develops. So I think they really need to put the development of program with him, really make sure that he, he becomes the best player he can be. That sounds good. We'll see what happens. He had plenty of time because – yeah, you know, Doc Rivers don't like to play too many rookies unless, you know, so he'll have time to develop. False. False. False statement. Now, someone <laughs> posted all the rookies mm-hmm. and made a very good point. Shy, Shy, what's it? How do you say that man's name? Yo, just Alexander, Alexander got yeah. plenty of minutes under, under Doc Rivers, but mm-hmm. he was talented enough to play. He says, guys without talent don't play. The guys with talent can play. So if Maxi has talent, he's going to play. Okay. Well, we will see. We will see. I do like the moves I, I made. I, I think he. I think the guy. I think he. I think he definitely can play. I think that uh Bradley Bill thing was uh. I just had to agree with you. <laughs> agree that I totally disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think whoever said that was tripping. <laughs> Talking about like Bradley Bill has always been known for a shooter, man. Like, come on, man. Like the guy. The guy movement though. Like he is quick twitch. It's fluidity, a fluidity um, with the basketball. I was impressed with that when I just saw the little little tape that I saw him. So, you know, it's it's a wild card for me. I think he's better than the last. I think he's better than, of course, Zaire that we drafted. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I definitely think uh, it's a wild card. No they, I, you know, him and Zaire are from the same place. They, they're from uh, both from um, Galveston, Texas. So they, they know oh. each other, yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't know same that. size and everything, but right. I think no 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 no. I hope Zaire can be better this year. Cause all all I want for Zaire is to play strong defense and move without the ball. He does that very well. If he can stay healthy and do those two things, because we'll get in this later. We'll get in this later. So I don't want to get too much <laughs> where I'm going. So cool, cool, cool. Okay. So now um CP3 
uh, and Devin Booker um, are on the same team. Um, what question we initially had was uh, the best backcourt, you know, where do they rank with the best backcourts? But I really want to kind of sh- uh, move that a little bit because I see how time's getting away from us. And I want to ask this question. How, who, who, which teams do you think have had the best offseason thus far? Number one to me, the Lakers. Number two was was the Bucks, but that slipped away. Then I had to replace the Bucks with the 76ers. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to say that. But physically, uh, the Knicks were responsible with the cash, didn't blow it, didn't spend it on anybody unneeded, got a good draft pick. So I'm pleased with what we are building within. But overall, I think the Lakers, they literally flipped their roster and, 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 and still are title contenders. Um, Hope Speedy yeah, I mean, Recovery. I, I think they're more. They're, I think they're favorites. Yeah, favorites. Speedy Recovery for Clay Thompson because of Clay Thompson's injury. I think that pushed them the favorites. No, whatever anybody else done is, I don't think is going to compete. Because considering Anthony Davis signs back, I I have a little twitch. It's it, it might not go as well as it's planned, but this is all reports are that he's supposed to come back. But my hot take would have been the Knicks are going to slip in. And get Anthony Davis. I'm sorry. You still having a hangover? Yeah, I'm staying up all night. That would be painting. Phil's dream offseason move. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Oh, if that happened. I actually thought that was gonna happen if we got Go Haywood with a good. Pro- but I don't want to talk about those fantasies. We thought KD, LeBron, you know, was gonna come. But honestly, I think the Lakers did the best in the in the West, and the East has to be the 76ers. That's why I see those two moves they pull. They they literally the same sixes got Dwight Howard, good draft. Um, they, they addressed the shooting. They got Curry. Um, they got who was the other shooter they picked up? Danny Green. Danny Green, yeah. I thought Danny Green got yeah, Danny Green. And they got Seth. Know. Yeah, Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Uh, Curry could he, he could shoot. If I've seen his games with Dallas, this kid, this kid could shoot. He's been shooting. He's been shooting well since like, honestly, since like high school and college. Right. It was just a whole bunch of other stuff that just, he had to work himself to get into the league. Correct. And, and his father-in-law is there. So they'll be shocked. He gets another hundred million uh, uh, contract after this one runs out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my pick. Um, so I, I really like the Lakers offseason, right? I mean, you know, how do you get pretty much they added they added bench depth and they got KCP back. So I mean, they got far and away better. I mean, to be a championship team and then to add um Trez mm-hmm. and then Dennis Schroeder. I mean, Dennis Schroeder's to me right now better Lou Will. Based, just based on age and where he's going to be going. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that move right there. And they're young. I mean, both those guys, Trez and, and, and Schroeder, I think both 27. Yeah. And, so, and Schroeder also actually led a team. So yeah. remember when he was in Atlanta, he was the, they got rid of one um, Teague. Teague and he ran a team. So he's a winner. He knows. So go ahead. I'm sorry to intrude. I had to make that. Real talk. I mean, if LeBron ever wanted to, he'd be a tremendous GM. 
one problem. Haven't we seen his work over the years? Yeah. yeah. The one problem is with most of the teams he leaves, when he leaves you, he he just, I mean, he leaves you like a bad lover, just wrecks you on the way out. Yeah, you're done. You're done. I mean, he's like a bad tenant. He just guts you on the way out. But see, he set them up. You know, LeBron got three, four more years left. But when he's gone, Schroeder and um, Trez are going to be 31. Anthony Davis still probably going to be there. You can bring in another max player. I mean, that's a that's a good team. So, um, I, I like I like um, I like what the Lakers did. But I really, really, really would pick the Suns over the Lakers in terms of. I mean, I think the Lakers are better, but in terms of offseason moves, the Suns. I mean, to get CP three to pair with Devin Booker. See, everyone's talking about CP three, Devin Booker. They're missing out on how good CP3 is going to make DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Aiden's going to be a problem. Now, defensively, he's, he's still going to be a liability, but he's going to make them want a playoff team, and they're going to make some noise. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to make it to the second round next year. Um, and 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 Booker, I do predict his scoring average is going to go down. But when scoring average goes down, typically. You know, when guys got to score so much, that's because their team's not very good. Mm-hmm. I love James Harden. But when you're able to score at a efficient rate and still be effective, I mean, I think I, next year's going to be a good year for them. And they've and they've added depth. They got Jay Crowder. They've they've kept adding pieces that really fit the puzzle. You know, so I think Phoenix is in for a good year, a good a good next two two three years before Chris Paul retires, and then hopefully. Booker matures and knows how to lead a team in the absence of CP3. And then come to the Knicks. I like a lot what the Hawks have done. Ray John Rondo as a point guard to pair with, with uh, Trey, Trey. Trey, uh, Trey Young. Um, I think they had a, a solid draft at a defensive piece. I mean, they've really put some pieces on that roster that's really going to bolster them. Uh, so I, I really like what the Hawks are doing, and they put a they put a, a bid in for Boban, uh, Bogdanovich. So that's good. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, I think you said that. I think you. Uh, I think you definitely. I definitely had to agree with you as far as the uh, the Lakers. Lakers got a little bit younger. Um, Lakers actually got better at uh the positions that they lost um they lost Avery Bradley and Danny Green um so who did they bring in for shooting did they get anybody because they lost some they lost some shooting with Danny Green right there Uh, I don't know if they brought in any shooters um they signed they re-signed what's Coldwell Pope which is pretty good so they must be uh they must be expecting a lot from the What's the what's the what's the white guy name? Six six Caruso. five Caruso. So they must be expecting big things from him. Um. So I, yeah, I'm not mad at what the Lakers did. Uh, of course, everything's gonna be pending on getting that uh make keeping uh AD happy. Um. Else else we're gonna turn this real quick if something happens. Having <laughs> funny right We're gonna change our stories real really quickly. Um. I actually think the Clippers didn't do the Clippers that I like that move was Ibaka. I thought that was a, a solid move. Um, uh, 
Brian created the bag for uh, Rondo. I like that. Uh, over Rondo got 15 million. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I actually not mad at what the Bucks did. I think Drew Holiday addition was a solid move for them. Um, they they need to take what they can get. So I I, I like that move. Um, the best move. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess I will go with the Lakers. I definitely, I definitely would go with the Lakers. I'm trying to pick through the teams and what they've done. Um, I would take the Lakers over the Suns just because um, I just don't know. I just don't know how much CP3 has left in the tank. I don't know. I don't know how the chemistry is going to mix with him and Booker. Um, CP3 likes to run the show. Um, Booker is a great player, but I think he's 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 at, he's best when he's facilitating the offense and becoming a playmaker. So, uh, of course, CP3 can adjust, but we got to see what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, I'm not mad at that move either, but the, the Lakers, man, they, they stole the show so far. They stole the show. I didn't think they were able to get Sh- uh, Schroeder and um, what's the other person they got? Uh, Mantra. They shocked me with that. So, yeah, L.A. Lakers did it. But and, don't and, they're talking, and they're talking to Marcus All right now. Yeah, like that kind of stuff they're doing. Because people, I mean, whether we like it or not, people want to play with LeBron, man. Like people do want to play with LeBron because LeBron means that you're going to do something in your career that you wasn't able to do before, uh, go to a championship. <laughs> so that's pretty big, man. So, I mean, listen, uh, Palenka, was that Rob Palenka's, uh the GM over there? I mean, shout out to him, man. He did a good job. course the obvious choice is the lakers but i just want to say i think portland actually oh yeah portland definitely made some moves that will really help them in the long run especially like in the bubble all everyone kept talking about dang portland can't get a stop dang portland can't get a rebound and they really took the time to like really address that um they get robert covington of course they resigned uh, Mello, uh, they just signed, I think this morning, uh, Harry Giles. Then you still got Rodney Hood, who's decided to come back, and they got the kid from Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah. DJ. So and he's and he's long, so especially like he's going to be able to help them defensively. And I really feel like, all right, now they got some pieces that can defend, and they're long too. So it's going to be real interesting to see like how that that group gels together because just looking at it, if they gel, I mean, they can pretty much just go ahead and consider them top five in the West. What I don't like about Portland is they play that, that ISO ball too much. And most of those players are, you know, you know, they got to have the ball at the hand. So if they change the offense a little more, don't make it so predictable. I think they'll go further, but right now the offense is, you know, the two guards, then somebody else, you know, Damian Lillard, McCollin, Damian Lillard, McCollin. Okay, somebody else turn. So they could move that ball around because they got offense on the floor now, you know, shooters and so forth. So let's see what happens. And then, you know what's crazy, though? The Clippers got worse. Like, yeah. How do you get worse? I mean, you got slapped silly in the postseason. You lose your coach. You lose Trez. And uh, Morris is going to be good, but he's not going to be Travis. Morris, you know, he plays a role. He's a good player. I like, I like, I like Morris. Um, 
great, a good, a good two-way player. Honestly, the Morris brothers have turned a lot better in the league than I thought they were going to be, if I'm being honest. But you know, they they've done well and um I don't know, like how do you get worse when the Lakers are actively getting better? It really looks like Steve Ballmer doesn't know how to run the organization. He's about to run this into the ground. I think it's just the Clippers curse. And I think Kawhi is out of there after this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clippers, they, they ain't addressed the point guard situation at all? Nope. That's what I was going to say. They didn't. They didn't. DJ Augustine would be a nice backup PG or something, you know. X. But Drew Holiday. Started. Drew Holiday would be perfect. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, they, they tripping. They tripping. I, I, yeah, they tripping. I, 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 I honestly, I do like the surge move. I think, I think they, like I said before, I think they need a rim protector and they needed um, a point guard. Um, that was that was the two things I said. And uh, Asian Serge Ibaka is not exactly that rim protector I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, they definitely need it. They definitely need a PG man, somebody that can, that can control the offense and get those two guys the ball when they need it. They should have. They should have got Stephen Adams. You know the covers that OKC was being empty. They should have jumped in there and grabbed something. Who would he go to? Who Stephen Adams went, go to? The, the Pelicans. Pelicans. He got traded over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Pelicans gonna be a, a team to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, uh, when when Patrick Beverly is bad your offseason moves, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Like Pat, it's your fault that you're not a good point guard, bro. It's not. <laughs> Like if you was a better point guard, then the offseason moves would have been fine, completely yeah. fine. Yeah. So um Kelvin and I have been having this conversation uh since probably Wednesday about the Sixers. Um, you know, like you said, Dwight Howard was I think that's an excellent pickup. Um Kelvin right now sees the Sixers as a fourth or fifth seed. I think they could be a third seed because I think Toronto's going to lose Serge Ibaka. I'm not Serge Ibaka, um, Gasol. So I think that's going to knock him down the peg. Um, I'll say third, fourth, third, fourth. So I think you have Milwaukee still, you have uh, Boston, and then what's the third team I'm thinking about? Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami. Um, and so Kevin was kind of saying that, and he's right, for the last 40 years, a team that's going to win a championship has a, a star wing or a dominant wing player that can, can, can score. Sixers probably should have tried to see if they could got involved in the Gordon Hayward uh, sweepstakes. That would have been the guy that fills that, fills that need. It was too rich, though, too rich. Yeah. Um, my suspicion, and I'll let you all talk about this, then we'll, then we'll close. Uh, my suspicion is that the Sixers mindset is two things. They're good enough to show that they're good enough. But around midseason with Daryl Morey, either they're going to make a move. Well, I think, I think they're trying to see if Doc Rivers can unlock Tobias Harris because he was playing at an insane, a really good clip with, with Doc Rivers and with the Clippers shooting well, contributing all that stuff. So I think they're trying to see if they can unlock him there. And if not, I think you think see them make a move mid in the offseason to try to get a Zach Levine or a Buddy Hill. I believe that Dara Mori is going to do everything he can 
to please the coach and get that what he can what he can do swindle what he needs to do to get where he needs to get to the next level. And the East is not the the West, no. so it's an easier path to the finals. You can literally you could get to the finals if you have a good team and and they play consistently, move the ball around. And I hate to say it, the seventy sixes to me with the distance uh, with the uh, with with the add-ons of those you know of Dwight Howard and even the coach Doc Rivers which I still don't have super faith in we had that argument but we'll have another day but I think he could get them into the playoff and playing well enough to hire their expectations and as long as they have this they moves you know the sets and everything needs done to do to get to over to that level he'll do it and if by mid-season remember we have a two-part season Maury says hey we need shooting He's going to find a shooter. He's going to find something. He goes swindle what we need to do. And yes, still have picks, right? I think yes, still have picks for the next yeah. few years. So, you know, <laughs> that's all they'll worry about. Your picks might be gone. <laughs> but more is going to do what he needs to do. He shows the history of it. He's going to find, swindle, and get what you need. And it's probably more shooting. He's probably surrounding you with more shooting. So, whoever needs, the only I need to do right now is look at contracts. Or players who could shoot, and the team needs to get rid of that. You know, um, get rid of some players. So just look at the Knicks. We, you know, if you get a Knicks playing, you're guaranteed to be in the finals. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. This is this is this is where I'm at. It's real simple in the NBA. It's, it's really it's really simple. Um, talent wins. <laughs> talent talent that plays up to their potential wins. Um, scoring. You have to be able to score the ball at a high level. Uh, our problem is when two minutes left, your plays don't work no more. You see what I'm saying? Like your plays, you run your sets, you know, you got, you got, you have a regular sets that you run. And when it comes down to two minutes, it's all about playmakers and being able to score the ball. When we had Jimmy Butler on our team was the biggest chance we had to actually be a finals contender because he's able to make things happen that has nothing to do with plays. He can facilitate, he can score, he can shoot the ball, he can get to the basket. You know, right now we do not have that piece. So we could be, we're going to be the same way where we're outstanding at home. We're going to play great basketball at home. And usually we're up by 10 points before two minutes left. But every time it gets to a close game with the Sixers, if you can't put the ball in somebody's hands, yeah, chances are you won't win that game. So that's why we lose to those teams that have that guy they can put the ball in their hands. It would have been Zach Levine, would have been um, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler. These guys have killed the Sixers every single time because the game is close and you have to put it in somebody's hand. Until the Sixers get that piece, which I think we're working towards, fourth seed, fifth seed. Boston has those pieces. Uh, Miami has those pieces. Um, Toronto, they're just great defensively, you know, so I, I just will not count them out because they're great defensively. And plus they have guys that can get their own shot. Until Sixers prove that to me, you know, we're going to be good enough to be in the playoffs, good enough to be top five in the playoffs. Um, talk about the potential of potential of Ben and B. We're gonna continue, keep on talking about that, but we will not win a championship with this lineup as it's constructed. That's my point. Like me, I'm like we're in the win now phase, 
as an organization. And if we don't have that guy that can score, we can put the ball in their hands. Because Ben, Ben is not doing it. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, we've been talking about it for years. Well, Ben Simmons gives you the jump shot. You know what I'm saying? Well, forget that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to bank on him not being able to make a jump shot. We got to bank on him being a 6'10 Rondo. All right, just bank on that. Now, if, if he remains how he is, if we have somebody that's a professional scorer, I'm now talking about championships. But right now, I'm talking about they're going to sell out the arena if COVID, if we get the vaccines going. That's it. We're not winning no championship as constructed right now. Fourth seed at third seed at the most. That's it, man. I would say, I mean, dang, Kelvin said everything. So <laughs> I don't really got much to add to that because I'm like, that's just that's just really just the one piece that they're missing is just that closer. Like when you look at most teams, like even the teams that aren't really that good, they at least got one player that's like, here, go get me a bucket that player is supposed to be Tobias Harris supposed to be, but, eh. but I mean, I'm pretty much in the, in the same, but they'll probably be like three, four. Like I could see them probably more than likely getting to the second round. I mean, granted, they might even be able to get to a conference finals maybe, but that might be a little stretch, but um, just looking at it, I mean, they've gotten the pieces to be able to open the floor. So now there are more avenues for Ben to get to the cup. I mean, I look at it like this. If for so long, we said LeBron just needs that consistent jumper, but even when he doesn't take it, he always drives and he always like gets that tough layup or whatever. I feel like Ben needs to do more of that. If he can do more of that, I feel like that opens it up for everyone else to where it's like, look, like we know he's going to make the right basketball play, but if you got a, a Seth in the corner, a Danny in the corner, Tobias, wherever, I don't even want to say Embiid on behind the three-point line, but just say, just say it just happens to work out that way, right? Yeah. I feel like, if he's able to do that to at least be able to get like more of those tough layups, it opens the floor up, but I still think that they'll need a closer along with that to make things more fluid. Agree. I agree. Look, I love, I love him just keeping it real as a Charlotte fan too, man. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that take brother. Yeah. So uh, we've talked a lot about the NBA offseason. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to discuss, we invite you to put it in uh, on our Instagram page or our Facebook page um, or even send us um, uh, feedback on our Apple anywhere you listen to it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ladies Some Dudes podcast. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.